Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, discrimination and social justice are familiar topics of discussion these days, but one group has been largely left out of the conversation. Individuals with disabilities who are marginalized when it comes to dating, romance, and sex. Also this morning, to wrap up America Saves Week, Ohio Treasurer Robert Sprague discusses the importance of financial literacy, not only for families, but as a matter of fiscal health for the state as a whole. In our high school basketball preview, Finley head coach Jim Rookie previews the Trojans' unusual afternoon opener in the OHSAA sectional tournament. And we have Mardi Gras-inspired recipes for your Fat Tuesday feast from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, February 25th, 2022. So aside from the weather and aside from everything that's going on in Russia, what else is going on? Well, there are reasons to celebrate today if you need a reason to celebrate. It's Let's All Eat Right Day. Let's All Eat Right. Uh, National Chocolate Covered Peanuts Day as well. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that is eating right. But it's eating good. That's good stuff. Chocolate covered peanuts day. It is uh, National Clam Chowder Day, which is probably better for you than chocolate covered peanuts if you're talking about National Let's All Eat Right Day. And shh, it is quiet day today. Be very quiet. Be very, very quiet. We are hunting rabbits. Something like that. Anyway, speaking of uh, eating right, this is kind of interesting. Among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, it seems that uh, marketing claims on uh, many foods designed for children aimed at toddlers uh, are misleading. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Front of package claims and marketing messages used to promote toddler drinks with added sugars can confuse parents about product nutrition and benefits for their young children. This according to a new uh, research study out of the University of Connecticut. They found that many parents are confused about different product categories such as sweetened fruit flavored drinks, 100% juice, toddler milks, and infant formulas. The lead author of the study, Francis Fleming Millicy, says parents were surprised and many were angry when they learned the ingredients in these drinks and that health-related claims on the packages are not supported, are not supported by scientific research. Health experts do not recommend serving fruit-flavored drinks or toddler milks to small children. As sugar-sweetened fruit drinks contain very little actual juice, and many products marketed to young children also have sweeteners that have no nutritional value whatsoever. The findings support the need for policies to address potentially misleading marketing of these drinks, say researchers, uh, who also point out that uh, counter-marketing moves could be used to reduce parents' uh, provision of these drinks. In other words, uh, a public service campaign to get the message out that these uh, claims are misleading, but mostly they want uh, more regulation, uh, obviously, on this. So that's the uh, thing. And in what may be a related story, Pepsi has unveiled new Nitro Pepsi as the first ever nitrogen-infused menu. (laughs) No, no, uh, no misleading marketing claims there. Pepsi has a new Nitro Pepsi. 
The brand says it is a creamy, smooth, mesmerizing cascade of tiny bubbles topped off by a frothy foam head. (laughs) That's just what we need. (laughs) That's just what we need based on the story that we just had, right? Um, It'll be available nationwide beginning uh, the end of March. Currently, you can get, you can pre-order it on Walmart's website in two flavors, Daft Cola and Vanilla Daft. Oh, Draft Cola and Vanilla Draft Cola. The new drinks get their infusion of nitro via a unique widget placed at the bottom of every can. Pepsi says this is the first time this type of widget technology is being used in a cola product. Well, definitely have to check that out. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no issue with the uh, marketing there. That's got to be healthy for you. That's got to be good. So a couple of uh, Ohio stories uh, in the uh, most buzzworthy uh, stories of the day. This thing went viral yesterday. Did you hear or did you see the footage of that uh, reporter in Columbus that has gone viral after his mom dropped by while he was uh, while he was working? Miles Harris is <laughs> his mom just dropped by. Miles Harris is a reporter for the ABC TV affiliate in Columbus, WXYX. And he was prepping for a live stand-up segment along the side of a busy road uh, Tuesday. He was uh, chatting with his cameraman. They were getting ready for the live shot. When when suddenly he's distracted, he spots uh, outside the view of the camera, his mom driving up. He throws his arms up in exasperation and says, Mom, what are you doing? Uh, if you haven't uh, seen the video, this is uh, what it sounded like here. Is it because of the... This is my mom. Hold on. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm trying to work right now. You order call on my phone. This is D'Angelo. You can say hi. And don't be holding up traffic because you got cars behind you. <laughs> Did you record that? At the very end of the clip, he can be uh, heard asking for uh, asking his camera, man, were you recording all of that? Yes, he was. And it has gone viral. If you have not seen the video, it is absolutely hilarious. Miles, mom, <laughs> mom, what are you doing? Hi, baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, the uh, video has uh, more than a million views now after it went viral uh, just yesterday after having been released by the television station. The television station, WSYX, actually posted it on YouTube and Instagram and all of those. So (laughs) clearly they saw the humor in the exchange. (laughs) Don't be holding up traffic. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. (laughs) That is all kinds of awesome there. And by the way, uh, I'm guessing that that Miles Harris is a relatively new uh, reporter, new to the business. This might be his first uh, reporter job in in television. Anybody in the media uh, has a story uh, when they were first starting out that of their parents uh, being so proud of their uh, of their child for, you know, making it, getting their first big job that this has happened in some form to just about everybody in the media. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. 
<laughs> parents have embarrassed them uh, on live television, live radio, or or whatever at some point. At least at this point, at least in this case, uh, it was not actually live on the air. They were ready to, they were getting ready to go live on the air. So it wasn't actually live, but uh, it is absolutely hilarious. That is great. Uh, I have another story actually with an Ohio, with an Ohio connection uh, that I just, this, my jaw hit the floor on this. Uh, identical twins, Brianna and Brittany. Married to identical twins, Josh and Jeremy Salyers, are now introducing the world to their babies, who are so genetically similar that even though they are cousins, they are actually closer to brothers, genetically. Now, let me go back and, and do that again. We've got a pair of twins, Brianna and Brittany, who married a pair of identical twins, Josh and Jeremy. They each had babies uh, within months of each other. Uh, the uh, Salyers are uh, parents to Jet, who turned one-year-old uh, in January, and Jax, who will turn one in April. So uh, Jet and Jax. You've got Brianna and Brittany, their husbands, Josh and Jeremy, and their kids, Jet and Jax. Um uh, who are uh, just a year old. And you've heard of identical twins, fraternal twins. These are quat- uh, quaternary twins because they're cousins, but they are the offspring of twins married to twins. Uh, since identical twins share the same DNA, the children of the two pairs of identical twins, even though they're legally cousins, genetically, they are basically siblings. And by the way, they planned it that way because, say, Brianna and Brittany, we thought it would be really cool. There are only 300 quaternary marriages known in the world, only 300 in the world. And uh, these couples, this is the Ohio connection. These couples, uh, Brianna and Brittany, Josh and Jeremy, got married in a joint ceremony at the Twins Days Festival in Twinsburg, Ohio, back in 2018. Uh, this after Brittany and Brianna met Josh and Jeremy at the Twin Days Festival the year before. And uh, now they're not from Ohio, but they went to the Twins Days Festival. Uh, that's where they met. That's where they got married. They actually live in Virginia. And by the way, they share a house. They live under one roof. I don't know if I could do that. They live under one roof, and they want run a wedding venue uh, together. So that's kind of crazy. But uh, they say they uh, don't know whether future children, uh, they'll try for future children and coordinate it the way they did with their first child, but they thought it would be cool. to That's just all kinds of, it's just all kinds of weird, isn't it? But to each his own, I suppose. It is uh, really crazy the way that is, uh, those two are connected that way. Uh, cousins, but genetically, they would. And I would imagine that if they uh, took v, uh, DNA test, that they would come back that they were siblings, even though they're not. So weird stuff. Anyway, there you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your TGI Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. A chance of a wintry mix early today, then just cloudy skies and a high of 28. Becoming partly cloudy tonight, a low of 17. 
The Ohio State Highway Patrol is reminding drivers to clear their vehicles of snow and ice before hitting the road. The Highway Patrol says excess uncleared snow and ice can fall off a vehicle at high speeds and cause quite a bit of damage to other vehicles. If you do get hit by snow or ice from a passing vehicle, the Highway Patrol says to remain calm and try to get a vehicle description and a license plate number to pass along to police. Divisions in a rapidly changing Republican Party are evident in the divergent responses in Ohio to Russia invading Ukraine. Ohio U.S. Senator Rob Portman blasted Russian President Vladimir Putin's provocations as a clear violation of international law that called for a coordinated response with U.S. allies. But one of the Republicans seeking to take Portman's place when he retires, J.D. Vance, had the opposite response. Vance said he doesn't really care what happens to Ukraine. Congressional Republicans, especially in the Senate, have been largely united in opposing Russian aggression. Dave James, I went in news. The United Way of Hancock County says emergency food and shelter funds have been allocated to the county and qualifying agencies are urged to apply. Hancock County will receive two concurrent funds to supplement emergency food and shelter programs in the county until April of next year. A local board made up of representative nonprofits will determine how the funds awarded to the county are to be distributed. Get more details on the website. The Ohio National Guard has ended its deployment to aid healthcare workers at hospitals across Ohio. Ohio Health Director Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff said after a two-month assignment, Guard members left the last medical facilities in the state needing assistance earlier this week. More than 2,000 soldiers were sent to 62 medical care centers and nearly 20 testing sites across the state during the deployment. When it comes to the pandemic, the doctor said signs are promising, but he points out that COVID still has a real presence in Ohio and we're not in the clear yet. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, we all know how issues of social justice and discrimination have been very topical, very much discussed of late in the news, usually in the context of ethnicity or race or sexual orientation. A freelance journalist and best-selling author, Judith Newman, has recently written a piece on prejudice against people with disabilities. And Judith, first off, what was the inspiration or the impetus for this? Was there something specific that made you say this is an issue that needs to be better known? more discussed and I'm going to write about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, where, where this started for me was a couple of years ago, I wrote a book about my own son who is autistic mm-hmm. uh, called T-Siri with Love. And uh, I sort of was worrying on the page. I was worrying about what his future was going to be like. Would my son ever find, would he ever find love? Would he ever find a, a romantic partner? What would that mean for him? Uh, and through that, I actually heard from a number of other people with a variety of disabilities, uh, that idea resonated with them. And Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of found out that there was a movement, uh, call it what you want to, some people call it Crip Pride, that's which, uh, you know, you use the, the language of the oppressor in a way to... Uh, you turn it on the people who are haters. But anyway, the the idea of it was um, to get recognition for disabled people as uh, 
equal sexual citizens uh, who have control over and access to their sexuality uh, and, and to fulfilling sexual relationships. So tell us about the, this piece then and how uh, you turn that into uh, this article. Well, I started to talk to people who were disabled and ask them, what is the thing that is the biggest barrier for you in having having romantic relationships? And there really is the misconception that people with disabilities are one of two things. They are either non-sexual, like little kids, little children, or they're fetish objects. As mm. one woman in a wheelchair said, you know, people don't look at me sexually, but when they do, they, what they're thinking is, I wonder what it would be like. Mm. And so that, there's that. And then the other huge obstacle is if you're somebody who needs a lot of care, people who would consider being a romantic partner think that they're going to be a nurse yeah. for their entire lives, and they're not. So it, it seems like it's one extreme or another. You you go from objectifying uh, an, an individual with a dis- disability or pitying uh, an individual with a disability, and there seems to be very little in between. Exactly. And if there's anything that gets people riled up, uh, it's being patronized. It is that thing, the soft bigotry of low expectations. You, as a disabled person, you want to be recognized not for what, you know, not pitied for what you can't do, but recognized for the human being that you are and what you, what you can and the, do. And the, uh, the full human being. The, the, the full human being. I, I would also say people should go and, and look online for, for so-called, I hate the term influencers anyway, but there are a whole bunch of disability, disability influencers, people uh, with platforms and with a lot of followers who uh, they, there's one I just love. Uh, her name's Madison Lawson, and she's uh, known on Insta as Wheelchair Barbie. Hmm. And she just covers fashion and beauty for a bunch of women's magazines. Yeah. There's this other woman who sells, her, her name is Alex Dacey, and she goes by Wheelchair Rapunzel. And she actually, she has spinal muscular dystrophy, and she promotes disabled body acceptance. She does these t-shirts that are fabulous. They say things like disabled bodies are beautiful bodies. So you talk about uh, influencers. Uh, You yourself could be uh, described as an influencer with this piece. Um, And and certainly it's all alarming, but is there one aspect of this story that, that really stands out to you? I mean, where you say, if we can change this one thing, then I'll know that this piece has had an impact. Yeah. This is just on, on a very human level. I would tell every single person who is listening to this now that the next time you run into somebody who's different, it might be an autistic person who's flapping their hands and you don't know why they're flapping their hands. It might be somebody in a chair. It might be someone whose language you don't quite understand. Just go up to them as you, and, and like you would any other person. Just say hi say, you know, that's the time of day, whatever it is to open up that possibility that somebody who you're a little bit scared of because you don't know what's going to happen in that social interaction, mm-hmm. that you you make the connection and see what happens. If, if every single person, I don't want to sound too Pollyanna-ish here, too kumbaya. I understand human fear. I have it myself. I'm sometimes scared of people who are different than me. But if you do that, 
once a week, once a month, um, we get just a little bit closer to getting over our fears. And if we get over our fears, we get over our prejudices. Again, uh, Judith Newman is a, a freelance journalist, best-selling author, a uh, really fascinating topic and one that we don't often think about, but we should. Judith Newman, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, as we've been talking about all week long, this is America Saves Week. It is an annual event, 15th annual America Saves Week, incidentally, was created by the Consumer Federation of America to emphasize the importance of uh, people setting aside money for a rainy day, for an emergency fund, however you want to term it, and in the larger sense, uh, improve financial literacy among the general population. Ohio Treasurer Robert Sprague is with us this morning and uh, want to talk about a uh, an ongoing partnership. This actually was something uh, that you uh, initiated last year, I believe, uh, right? Partnering with uh, OSU Extension of the Real Money, Real World uh, program to expand that uh, statewide. But, uh, you know, as we were mentioning, this obviously is important uh, for families, but really has an implication for the state as uh, as a whole. 100%, Chris. Thank you for having me on this morning. You know, this week is America Saves Week. And what we're doing this week in the treasurer's office is really talking about how we're trying to empower Ohioans to make great financial choices. And there's a different focus for each day for America Saves Week. And today's focus is on the things that we can do to save as a family. And, you know, we've got a big family, Chris. It's been tough to save with all the uh, increasing prices, sure. you know, at the gas at the gas pump as we fill up our family car, it's become quite a burden. And you're trying to buy that roast at the grocery; it's gone from you know fifteen dollars to thirty dollars or whatever it is now. Right. Um, and it's been tough. And I think that this focus is really important. And so we're trying to focus in two areas. One is with our terrific partnership at almost one year to the day that we announced our partnership with OSU Extension's Real Money, Real World. Uh, curriculum. And the reason we like this is because it's experiential learning for the kids. And and what does that partnership, I mean, we've talked about Real Money, Real World. I think people are uh, familiar with it. Certainly in our area, uh, most uh, students have gone through it or will go through it, um, uh, that, that program uh, here locally. But what does this, uh, the partnership with the treasurer's office bring to the table with respect to getting that into schools around the state? Well, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to get it into schools around the state, and that's our off, one of our office's uh, value-adds to this partnership. They provide this curriculum that's uh, been tested, tried, and true, and we know that kids benefit from it. My kids went through the, uh, went, went through the program, mm-hmm. and uh, Graham quickly found out that having five pets was uh, <laughs> somewhat damaging to his budget. I think he maybe ran out of money, but those are the things that you remember, and it's right. a great way to for kids to learn. So. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as we mentioned, uh, there is an uh, there is an impact 
with respect to the overall health uh, economically for the state as a whole. I mean, uh, families who are in better shape financially uh, are uh, more more productive. They're less less stressed at work, uh, less likely to fall behind on their taxes. You know, all of these types of things. I mean, I don't think we necessarily think sometimes about the larger aspect uh, of all of this. It seems very simple uh, setting money aside, but it does have a ripple effect through much of the economy. It absolutely does. And I think the other thing people don't realize is, you know, your deposits at the bank, actually, that money then gets loaned out to somebody else to a small business in the form of a loan. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, these, these things, these, the financial health, health affects all of us. And we can see that as we're, we're facing some of the inflation that we are now as a country. But I want to just, if we could, Chris, focus real quickly on some of the great things that are happening in Hancock County. Because one of the things we did when I came into office was we said, hey, look, Instead of just recreating the wheel at the treasurer's office for financial literacy, what if we actually focus on some good things that are happening in the communities for both kids and adults? And so we created this Compass Award, and I'd love to highlight just a, a few of those that we've handed out in Hancock County and the good work that they're doing. Absolutely. Know. Please do. So the first is Arlington High School. Arlington High School is absolutely, they do a fantastic job of career exploration activities. They have a wonderful counselor there who sets up networking days for the kids, uh, and they provide them a lot of post, uh, you know, post high school opportunities to see what a career might look like. We love that program that's going on in Arlington High School. Uh, the second, which is at a school, is we've awarded a Compass Award to Liberty Benton High School. Again, they're providing some career courses within the high school. They give apprenticeship opportunities for their kids. They do a great job with the career fairs. Uh, they do a great job with their College Credit Plus course, uh, courses and, and a couple of other things. So we are very impressed by their financial literacy program. And look, when you're giving kids these skills, that's the one thing that we all use as adults, right? Maybe we don't find the directics and the focus of a parabola, but we all, we all end up using right. some sort of financial knowledge. So that's super helpful. And then I'd love to, to talk with you just briefly about our Habitat for Humanity uh, in Finley uh, for the adults. They do a great job with their Financial Opportunity Center. They're focusing on gainful employment, building credit, reducing debt, and growing wealth. And the key about this is they pair everybody with a coach, and that's incredibly helpful. Yeah, again, here we talk about the larger impact of uh, financial stability, financial literacy, and financial health. Uh, again, these are the more stable you are financially, the more able you are to set down roots in the community, um, buy a home. Uh, start a family, uh, really become an integral member of, uh, of a community rather than uh, becoming something of a nomad, I guess, for lack of a, a better term. And you become a better employee. You don't have to worry about, you know, how am I going to pay for it if my car breaks down? Uh, that uh, obviously benefits uh, businesses and the local economy and so on. So again, here is that ripple effect. I think that's right. And I think the other thing about uh, financial literacy is it doesn't mean much to you if you're going through it and you don't have a, a goal or some sort of motivation as to why you're saving. I think that's Absolutely. so incredibly important. You know, so if you're saving, if you're a young person and you're trying to save for that car, right? That's super meaningful. That's something you want to do. And all of a sudden, these skills become uh, real and relevant to you. And one of the things we'd love to do is, is you know, if people want to go on to our uh, office's social media handles at Ohio Treasurer, 
They can see some of the tips uh, and tricks and resources that we've put online this week. Or they can actually visit our website at www.ohiotreasure.gov. And they can check out our financial resource guide. And we have several really relevant, simple topics there that if you're trying to take that next step in financial literacy and, and trying to meet your financial goals personally in your life, you can use our resources to get there. We have that linked up at our webpage as well at goodmornings.net, so you can find those resources. Again, uh, Ohio Treasurer Robert Sprague for oh, uh, America Saves Week, kind of wrapping up the uh, the week uh, by talking about the, the bigger picture and, and the way this impacts all of us. We all have a vested interest in making sure that uh, ourselves, our neighbors, uh, our family members uh, are financially, financially literate and financially stable uh, moving forward. Ohio Treasurer Robert Sprague, thanks very much for uh, being with us uh, this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Enjoy being with you. Time now for our weekend high school basketball preview, and this is when things really get fun. The Trojans will open tournament play on Saturday. It is an unusual 1 p.m. tip-off at Genoa versus Anthony Wayne. Findlay is the five seed. The Generals are seeded 13th. Earlier this week, our John Marshall spoke with head coach Jim Rookie about the season's campaign and how the team has prepared for that odd start to the OHSAA sectional tournament. You topped Lake 93-67 last Thursday, then went to Toledo to take care of St. Francis 49-35. That wraps up the regular season with a six-game winning streak. You finished with a Three Rivers Athletic Conference record of 9-5, and five, tying Toledo Central Catholic for third in the track. If I told you all of that after you started the conference play at 0-3, I think you would have taken that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, things didn't go well early on. Again, obviously, talk about this a lot, but got a late start and missed a lot of practice time and uh, got behind the eight ball. But uh, you know, we won 16 of our last 18 games and playing pretty well at the at the right time of the year. I hope. So the regular season is over. You haven't lost in February. Now, you didn't play Anthony Wayne this season. Undoubtedly, you've seen some film, probably have some scouting reports on the Generals. What can you tell us about them? Well, again, uh, they've really played some teams tough. They just haven't been able to put together an, enough uh, to, you know, to knock off some of the top teams. But they played Perrysburg t- uh, tough twice. Uh, they played uh, Central Catholic tough. They've got uh, a couple really good guards who can shoot it. They have a kid that's made about 63s, going to be a little bit bigger than us if we would play them. It's a couple nice athletes. Now, this Saturday's game will be at 1 o'clock. That's an unusual time for you to have an afternoon game like that. What will you do to make sure that this is as routine as possible despite despite that early start time? Well, luckily, we have done a couple things this year that are a little bit odd. You know, we played on the Monday, uh, Martin Luther King Day, where it was a little bit different. And um, we played earlier in the day uh, in the clay tournament, a little bit earlier. Um, Monday on President's Day, we practiced, you know, in the middle of the day or earlier in the, in the day to just for that reason, you know, just get up and get used to getting up uh, at that time of day and coming and playing basketball. 
Now, if the Trojans advance on Saturday, they would play either Perrysburg or St. Francis in the district semifinal on Thursday. Finley and Anthony Wayne on Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. tip-off right here on WFIN. Other games this weekend on our family of stations. As we head down the tournament trail, Arlington takes on Old Fort at Tiffin Columbian tonight on 100.5 WKXA. And it's Ottawa Glandorf versus Coldwater. Uh, versus Coldwater from the Elida Fieldhouse tonight uh, on 106.3 The Fox. Both of those games are scheduled to tip off at 5.30. And you can follow all of the area games in real time online at the WFIN scoreboard page powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College at WFIN.com scoreboard. Also linked up at goodmornings.net. And, of course, catch the Coach's Corner with John Marshall live on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. and anytime on demand at WFIN.com. Best of luck to all of the uh, area tournament teams for good showing uh, in the episodes. That's one of the uh, really nice things about the basketball tournament, the fact that all of the teams make it in. All the teams have a a fair shot of advancing uh, in the uh, tournament, despite, like, as was the case with the uh, Trojans, they really struggled at the beginning of the season because uh, of the uh, deep run that the football team had. It kind of threw things off a little bit. They got a rough start to the season. But in the end, it's not that big of a deal because everybody makes the tournament. Everybody has an equal shot uh, come February, March. So best of luck to the uh, Trojans. And again, you can catch that game tomorrow afternoon right here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. <laughs> Police in Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, used the, it's not quite, you know, like uh, CSI, but kind of a CSI story. Police in Northampton, Massachusetts used DNA from peanut butter to charge a suspect with a theft last year at an apartment complex on January 14th, 2020, police responded to a report of a man carrying a jar of peanut butter attempting to break into a washing machine's coin changer in the laundry room at this apartment building. <laughs> man carrying a jar. That must have been an odd call. Uh, yes, there's a man carrying a jar of peanut butter that's trying to break into the coin box in the laundry room. I'm sorry, did you say carrying a jar of peanut butter? Yes. Uh, The man said he needed money to get home, according to witnesses. When officers arrived, they noticed an extensive amount of peanut butter inside the broken part of the washing machine and on the floor in front of it. More peanut butter was found in the hallway and on the doorknob of uh, one of the apartments. Police spoke to the resident, who wasn't very cooperative. Later, as they continued their investigation, they found out the suspect, one Andre Davis, age 44, was staying in the apartment as a guest and interrogated him. He allegedly said he has a peanut allergy that makes it dangerous for him to touch peanut butter. But based on the DNA match, Mr. Davis has been charged with breaking into a uh, depository and malicious destruction of property. Been charged in the crime. They got their man for the DNA from the peanut butter. He is due to be arraigned next week. <laughs> Again, I don't know that that will be a uh, plot headline, uh, a plot story uh, ripped from the headlines on CSI. 
but, but kind of cool. They got DNA from the peanut butter. Uh, let's see. Uh, cops in Jefferson County, Pennsylvania, made an unusual traffic stop this past Sunday. They pulled over an Amish horse and buggy being driven in a reckless manner. The officers claimed sparks were flying from the wheels as the driver, 20-year-old Ray Byler, braked to allow the patrol car to pass. When asked, Mr. Byler admitted he had had a couple of beers before, before taking the reins. Officers waited for a family member to retrieve the skittish horse, the skittish, skittish horse before arresting Mr. Byler for allegedly driving under the influence. <laughs> horse and buggy. I guess in Amish country you would have that from time to time. I don't know how unusual that is, actually. Here is the headline that caught my eye for this story. Doctors discover man's breathing problems caused by nose tooth. By nose tooth. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing either, but here's the story. A New York man can now breathe easier after a tooth was removed from inside his nose. A case study published in the New England Journal of Medicine said a 38-year-old man, name not given, went to the doctor complaining of difficulty breathing through his right nostril. Doctors thought he had a deviated septum, but once in surgery, they discovered a tooth was causing his difficulties. Tooth measured just over a half inch long. Man said he is now able to breathe normally. <laughs> Who knew that nose teeth were a thing? I didn't. That's a new one on me. And finally, in the broken news this morning... Two people are facing charges in connection to a brawl that broke out at a Pennsylvania buffet restaurant last month. According to reports, Hector Rios Rodriguez of Florida and Alexis Rios of New Jersey are both charged with disorderly conduct. Officials say the uh, two men are not charged in the fight necessarily, but they are charged with not complying with the uh, not co cooperating with the police investigation, obstructing official business. Happened on uh, January 28th at a Golden Corral restaurant. The men got into an argument over a piece of steak that led to a fight captured on viral video involving at least 40 people with uh, chairs and other furniture in the restaurant being tossed around and everything. Wow. <laughs> All a fight over a steak. You know they have more of those, uh, usually. I don't know, maybe it was the last one, but, uh, well, dinner and a show at the Golden Corral. There you go. That is today's broken news report. <laughs> this update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. Time now for your daily download this morning, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. This is uh, kind of tied into America Saves Week, and we were talking about how important it is uh, to get yourself uh 
on a on a good solid financial footing just by starting to save you take that first step toward reaching your big goals like buying a house or buying a car or whatever it might happen to be well new data from the national association of realtors shows that a growing number of single people are buying homes on their own these days typically we think of uh, buying a home is something you do when you're ready to start a family or, or something like that, something you do after you're married. But um, it, it specifically, single women now make up nearly one-fifth of all buyers, 19%. It was 18% in 2020 and 15% in 2015. So there has been a steady increase in the number of single women buying their own homes. Single men are 9% of buyers, which, again, I thought was kind of interesting. There are actually more single women buying homes than there are single men. Bank of America Senior Vice President for Affordable Housing Programs uh, told uh, Reuters that there are societal factors behind the trend, including the fact that Americans are getting married and having children later in life. Uh, Also, the gender wage gap has been closing over decades several decades, making it uh, easier for single women to buy their own homes and uh, uh, giving uh, single women more financial resources, and that single people in general represent a growing proportion of the country. Again, because people are getting married later, there are more single individuals, both men and women, uh, of that age when you start thinking about investing in a house. Social scientist Bella DiPaolo, who wrote a book called Singled Out, told uh, Reuters for their article on this piece, more and more single people are embracing their single lives and living their single years to the fullest. At the same time, putting together a down payment and getting approved for a mortgage can be harder for a single person. That's the rub that while more single people are in the market, are buying homes and would like to buy homes, it is still more difficult for a single person to do that, partly because of the down payment needed, but also uh, because, especially in the current very competitive housing market, getting approved for a mortgage, if you're on your own, can be more challenging and take more time, potentially. And uh, in a competitive housing market like we're seeing now, uh, buyer sellers just don't have to wait. So some headwinds toward this, but an interesting uh set of numbers from the National Association of Realtors on the growing number of single home buyers in this country. My wife, Kyra, has joined us in the studio. We're actually home studio, mm-hmm. uh, in the home studio today. And yep. Kyra's kitchen already smells good. She is up early <laughs> and baking already. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sorry, honey. <laughs> now, don't, don't apologize, uh, because I know that there's going to be goodies for me to try yes. coming up here uh, very soon. You're working on a, uh, a recipe maybe for a, a future yes. Kyra's yeah. kitchen. I'm kind of, I'm just kind of the brain spin spinning. I, and <laughs> okay. I was like, okay, this. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. So All right. We'll, we'll All see. Right. Getting so, creative yes. in Kyra's kitchen yes. uh, this yes. morning. So, I'll tell you what, it is uh, already smelling really good. She's <laughs> up baking already. Um, so we'll look forward to that. But uh, this week, 
Uh, we have a, a collection of Mardi Gras-inspired recipes yeah. for your Fat Tuesday feast yes. next week. Yep. And um, so, obviously, a uh, little Cajun-inspired stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, Mardi Gras in uh, New Orleans. Uh, we have a creamy Cajun chicken pasta. Yes. So take two boneless, skinless chicken breasts and cut them in chunks. Then you have four ounces of spaghetti pasta, two teaspoons of Cajun seasoning, two tablespoons of butter, one and a half cups of heavy cream, a quarter cup or a quarter teaspoon of salt, quarter teaspoon of dried basil, one eighth teaspoon of ground black ground black pepper and one garlic clove minced um so place your chicken and cajun seasoning in a bowl tossed to coat and a large skillet over medium heat saute chicken and butter or margin until the chicken is tender about five to seven minutes yeah it doesn't take long no it doesn't take long especially with it in chunks um add your heavy cream your tomato your basil your salt your garlic your black pepper Bring that all to a boil uh, and reduce your heat and simmer until the sauce has thickened. Um, then once that has thickened, pour over your hot pasta. So cook your pasta, your your mm-hmm. spaghetti. Right, um, right. So then you're going to pour that over your spaghetti pasta, toss and coat and garnish with Parmesan cheese mm. if you'd like. So it's kind of uh, almost like an Italian uh, yeah, you know, but chicken it's got pasta, this dude, Cajun but it's got the Cajun seasonings. Yes, instead uh, of Italian really, seasonings, it yeah, has Cajun to seasonings. To ramp it up yeah. there. Yeah. So a creamy Cajun chicken yes. pasta for you. And then to go along with that, um, in true Southern style, yes. you've got a uh, chicken dish. Got to have biscuits. That's right. Got to have biscuits. Yes. You've got uh, Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yes. So two and a half cups of flour, three teaspoons of baking soda, half a teaspoon of salt, quarter cup of butter cold, one cup of shredded uh, cheddar cheese and three-fourths cups of milk then your topping that you're going to put on top after the um, biscuits are baked is a quarter cup of butter melted quarter teaspoon of garlic powder and a half a teaspoon of dried parsley so preheat your oven to 450 degrees coat a baking sheet with nonstick cooking spray or line with parchment paper mix together your flour your baking soda your and your salt in a large bowl uh, cut your butter um, a quarter of your butter into several pieces scatter them on top of your flour and then if you have like a pastry um, uh, a pastry it's like a I don't even know what it's like a mixer you okay. can do that or just use your hands and kind of you get that butter in with the flour okay um and and then until it's, it'll be kind of crumbly it'll almost look like little peas or i mean just yeah <laughs> white peas yeah. that, that kind yeah. of consistency so there. then okay. then after that gradually stir in your cheese and your milk and of course that's gonna then moisten everything up um and hold your and put your hold your dough together then you're gonna um you may need to add a little bit more milk just depends you know judge get that all yeah. doughy and yeah all you want to get it doughy but you don't want to get it like pancake mix <laughs> so <laughs> right right so because these then, are biscuits after yes, all right yeah. so then using a large spoon coop, uh, scoop your batter and onto your prepared baking sheet bake for about 12 to 15 minutes or until uh till the top is golden brown um then while that's baking combine your melted butter your garlic powder and your parsley and then brush that on top of your um 
biscuits and then enjoy. Mm. Enjoy them while they're nice and hot. Yeah, Yeah. got to do them when they're warm. That's uh, that's for sure. So the creamy Cajun chicken pasta and the Cheddar Bay biscuits there for dinner. And then for dessert, again, Mardi Gras inspired. We have a recipe for mini king cakes. Yes. So this is really easy. So one eight ounce package of cream cheese softened, softened, one cup of powdered sugar, one tablespoon of orange juice, a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, two teaspoons of cinnamon, and two cans of your refrigerated crescent uh, dinner rolls. Okay. Um, Then for the glaze, it's a cup of powdered sugar, teaspoon of vanilla extract, two tablespoons of milk, and then your your yellow, green, and purple uh, sugar to put on top to make it, you know, that, those Mardi Gras colors. Mm -hmm. So pre-oven to 350 degrees, beat your uh, cream cheese and your powdered sugar and your orange juice and vanilla and cinnamon with the mixer until it's well blended. Uh, separate dough into eight rectangles and um, kind of uh, uh, yes. seal the seams a little bit if, <laughs> okay. it, if they spread apart. Right. Just make your make sure your rectangle is good because mm-hmm. then you're going to spread your cream cheese mixture uh, onto the top of each of your triangles. Roll each of your triangles from the long side to the point. So, and then you're going to place those on a baking sheet and bake them for 13 to 15 minutes or until golden brown. Then cool slightly and mix while those are baking. You can mix up your powdered sugar, your vanilla, and your milk. And then you're going to drizzle that glaze on top of your baked Mm, um, rolls and then, and then sprinkle your, your sugar on top of that. Your colored sugar uh, or your sprinkles or what have you on top of those. On top of that. To uh, top it all off. Yes. You know, the uh, the the real king cakes uh, yes. often have uh, little prizes yes. baked into them. Yes. This doesn't have that. No. I, I wouldn't recommend I w- that. I, no, I, I wouldn't think. recommend that with but, this. I mean, you know, it's too small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. I, did, I, yeah. I wouldn't recommend I don't know. that with a king cake. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I don't know that I would want to do that with a king cake, but no. I do know that that is tradition. Yes, so, it is. Uh, Isn't it like a baby or something like that? Or, I, something I along those yeah. lines. I don't yeah. know. I think they're uh, just, you know, small little toys okay. or uh, yeah. finger toys or something. Something yeah. in the I don't know the true tradition, or, but that yeah, the person that gets like that. the toy, it's like in the cake, and the person that gets yeah. the toy is going to have good luck, good or luck something. or something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is, but anyway. I'm not either. Yeah, we'll have to but look we, into that. We skip that part, or, or if somebody knows, please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got those uh, recipes uh, posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. Also uh, linked up at the WFIN Facebook page as well, and of course uh, the link is at GoodMornings.net, and uh, you can get those uh, recipes for the creamy Cajun chicken pasta, the Cheddar Bay biscuits, and the Mini King cakes and what is it that you're working on downstairs so i made peanut butter cookies oh, okay. and i'm not for sure exactly what happened but they're <laughs> they're they're a little bit okay. flatter than i like them okay so i decided to kind of mix it up and now i'm roasting some marshmallows on it and spreading some chocolate so and almost like a, a smore, sandwich yeah a like s'more a smore sandwich. type of uh, cookie cookies, sandwich there yeah. okay yeah. so uh, look yes. forward to that maybe yes. uh, here in a week or two <laughs> yeah we'll uh, refine that recipe and <laughs> Uh, we'll be uh, good we'll to go. See how so. people think about it, and Excellent. then and then if it's good, then Sounds it yummy. will be a recipe on Kyra's. Kitchen. I'm sold. I'm okay. sold. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, those recipes uh, for this week, the Mardi Gras inspired recipes for your Fat Tuesday feast, uh, posted online, and my wife Kyra. 
Thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the show, Finley Mayor Christina Mern will preview her upcoming presentation on the state of the city at next week's Chamber Fresh Brewed Business event. Until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.